Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 366. Yes. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Big Blue Box. Hope you're keeping well and safe. We hope you've had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something. Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Related. Related. Oh, damn. Got you again. Got you again. Got you. <laughs> welcome, everyone. We've got some news to talk about in this one. News. News. I know, right? That thing. Gosh. That thing that we used to do. That wow. little segment where we informed all of our listeners around the world of Doctor Who and what's happening. So it feels weird. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got a couple of bits of news to go through, all related to upcoming new Doctor Who stuff <laughs> next year and beyond. So we're going to get on to that. And then we're on to our review of We're Nearly There. <laughs> we're <laughs> nearly at the end of Tortured Miracle Day. So this is episode... Hmm... Seven, I think. Seven of ten. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Seven. Seven. We've got two left. Oh no! Hang on. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh no! Isn't it episode? Oh gosh! I can't. (laughs) Thing is, because we couldn't record last week, it's now two (laughs) weeks since I've watched it, and I've. It's the eighth episode. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness for that. We've only got two left. I thought for one second, I thought we'd got three left. (laughs) This is the eighth episode of Tortured Miracle Day. End of the road. Yeah. Yeah. End of the road. That's it. Number eight. Yeah. Can hear our listeners breathing out a big sigh of relief. (laughs) (laughs) So we got that, and uh, yes, that's going to be cool. But. Dude, I hope you're feeling okay. So Adam's got a bit of a... Uh, he's got the man got the flu. the old man flu. Yeah, he's got the old man flu. So no sympathy from me, of course. <laughs> no. Just needs to crack on. It's his own fault because uh, let's go straight into the what you've been up to. Mm. That's why you've got a cold. So tell us why you've all why you've got a cold, dude. It's really annoying actually because I keep trying to <laughs> stiffle the the uh, tiggly cough so that I'm not coughing all the way through this podcast, but it's actually making it worse. So I'm trying to hold it back, trying to fight back like regeneration. I'm trying to hold back the tiggly cough. Um, yes, it is. Well, I guess my own fault because I went to um, London Comic Con Winter uh, the Olympia on Sunday, and uh, it was pretty busy. A lot of good, a lot of cool cosplayers. Um, it, the winter ones are often a lot quieter with guests so there weren't that many guests this time but they did have the guests they did have were fairly big in terms of Doctor Who so Matt Smith was there on the Saturday um, I wasn't there on the Saturday I, I only went on the Sunday uh, but I saw the pictures of him in the photo studio he looks such a dude I love Matt yeah. did you see the pics mate he's got like long hair and he yeah. had this sort of denim jacket he looked like a rocker he looked so <laughs> cool um, I would love to have got a picture with him there but I, I got one years ago so I can't pay for another one um, yeah but my main reason for going as uh, long-time listeners will know, it, I, David Tennant is the only living, the only doctor that's still with us um, that I've never met. And uh, Gary was with me. Now, how many years ago was this? About two mm, or three? Three four, years Four, maybe, ago. gosh. Three yeah, years, four years ago. 
probably four, four we were yeah. at LFCC and it was the year that they had pretty much all the new doctors so it was I think it was Eccleston's first UK convention mm-hmm. it um they had uh, Matt was there they had Capaldi and then on and on the day we were there we were there on the Saturday they announced David Tennant on the day at the event oh the last and, minute uh, yeah yeah he yeah. was like a last minute addition and everyone raced on their phones to try and buy a ticket we're all there trying to get a ticket so I was like oh my god we're, go- we're all going to get to meet all <laughs> the doctors in, in one day because it was you know on the Sunday and sadly um when we, I missed out, I didn't get. I, I just could not get a ticket, could I, mate? It's just, and, and all I could hear around me was people like, "Yeah, it's got one." I was like, "You got one? Okay, oh, I'll keep trying. I keep refreshing, man. I'll, I'll get one in a minute. I never got one, and uh, it stung. It stung bad, didn't it, dude? It we did, were down the mate. pub afterwards. Everyone was looking at their pictures <laughs> of Tennant, and I'm like, "Yeah, but I, I met Chris and I met Matt and I met Capaldi." They're like, "Yeah, we don't care. We've all met Tennant." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> you." Uh, so yeah, so for for all this all these years, I've been like, oh, I've got to meet Tennant because my photo frame's just got a gap where he should be. I've got all the doctors in it, but no Tennant. And obviously, you know, he is the best doctor. Uh, so, well, he is he is such a popular doctor, and I I do love him. He, I mean, Matt's my favourite, but you know, I didn't tell him that obviously. Um, so yes, long story short, he was uh, Tennant was announced uh, in advance this time. We had good warning that he was going to be there because he's doing a play in London. And I was like, he wasn't cheap, but I was like, right, I'm going to book him. I'm not going to miss out again. Um, Because he was so expensive, he was uh, the only person I was planning to meet. And and yes, I got to meet him. I got a photo. It was, as you know, Gary, and anyone who's been to these events knows, um, in the photo studio, you it's over in a blink of an eye. You don't really get to meet, well, you do get to meet them, but you don't really get to talk to them or anything. It's literally, you stand next to them, photo next, stand next to them, photo next. It's, they rattle you through like um, cow, quite frankly. And this year was particularly fast. So I ended up having two photo shoots. Um, I also met Jodie Whittaker, who was absolutely lovely. So I got photos of both of them. And that's all I did all weekend was those two photo shoots, which was nice because it gave me a chance to just then just walk around the event and chat to people. So it was quite good. But um, yeah, this year, mate, I mean, they're normally quick anyway, but trust me, I didn't even blink. (laughs) Don't blink. (laughs) uh, When I met them um, before my photo had been taken, they were just, it was so quick. Um, And I think if you do want to actually talk to the guests, the only way you're going to do it is to buy like a, 250 diamond pass and get the autograph included so you can actually meet them at the table but i think even then you probably only get a couple of minutes at the most i mean i have never done it i've never bought a diamond pass so i, I don't yeah, know how same. it works but yeah yeah so i finally filled that gap dude finally got tenant and it was a great pick i'm really chuffed and uh jody was lovely she was looked like she was having a great time so it's a really good day but the downside is i now have <laughs> picked up a really bad cold and i bet i you know, we're almost certainly got it from there. Of course, um, yeah. I did a COVID test yesterday just to see if, you know, I thought, oh, I bet it's COVID, but no. I look like <laughs> I'm clear at the minute, so it's probably just the old man flu. But it was worth it, dude. I might, you know, I could just lie in bed feeling sorry for myself, but I can stare up at the picture of David <laughs> that I got. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, so you got me on the bed full of a cold, my wallet to the side of me crying, whimpering, and then just a picture of David on the wall. <laughs> so that's been my life for the last few days. Fun times, though, dude. Fun times, mate. Yeah, there were some really good guests actually at the um, at this one. So you mentioned you mentioned um, uh, Matt Smith and the new doctors, David Tennant and, and Jodie Whittaker, yeah. and everything. That was really cool. But they also had 
Um, quite a few people from the new Star Wars Andor series there as well. Yeah, yeah. Which is very cool. So I wouldn't have minded, um, to be honest with you, I've, I, this one completely slipped my, uh, my, my, it was out of my vision. Is in a periphery, this one. I, I knew that the event was coming up, but I just hadn't looked on the website for ages or, or, or looked anything. I'm, yeah, it would have been cool. They had some Stranger Things peeps there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it was cool. not a bad lineup this year. I, was, I quite like the winter ones because they are a bit quieter. Although, yeah, it was when I first walked in, it was really busy with people. I thought, oh, this is because you know, when we went that year, actually, it may have been the summer one. Uh, no, not the summer. What's the other one they do? There's another one they do, which spring. is slightly co- yeah. spring. Yeah. And that was, I remember me and you saying that was the best because they had a couple of nice little guests, but it wasn't busy and all that. But when I first walked in the door, it was pretty. There's a lot of people about, mm. um, yeah, and yeah. I was a bit like, ooh. But yeah, it was a, they had some good guests. I also met um, Carvinista, um, Craig Ells. I was trying to think of his name. Craig Ells, he played Carvinista. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. he was also the, the, the main sea devil <laughs> in uh, Legends of the Sea Devil. And it, I, I mean, he was just such a really friendly bloke. I, sadly, I could not afford any autographs at all. Mm. I, I was going to get a couple of autographs. I was going to get him. I decided to put the money towards Jody's uh, photo shoot in the end, so I didn't get any autographs at all. But my friend just said, "Oh, could could my mate get a picture of you?" And he was like, "Yeah, absolutely. He's really, really lovely. Very tall, very tall guy." Uh, but a special shout out to him because he he just seemed to be really enjoying meeting the fans and cool. chatting and stuff. So yeah. yeah, hopefully it'll be another event. And I can get his auto when I've got a bit more money because he was a, he was a real dude, <laughs> a proper dude. Yeah, nice. He one, was buddy. a dude, mate. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So, um, yeah, we also had the the classic peeps who are on the circuit. Oh, yeah, fail. forget them. Yeah. yeah, Colin Baker, McCoy. Uh, who else was there? Katie Manning, Bonnie Katie Langford. Yeah, all doing the thing as they normally do. And apparently, um, Bonnie Langford wore her top that she wore in Power of the Daleks. So she had her, like, her... I don't know if you remember, she was wearing sort of very... I think it's orange or red-coloured sort of top. Mm-hmm. Um and she was wearing that, which was quite nice. Cause everyone was like, look, she's, you know, when they were sat around in the sort of like, well, looked like an AA meeting, didn't it? At the end, at the end scene <laughs> yeah, with like, all the other companions, she was, she yeah. was wearing that same top and she even put her little name badge on saying Mel. So that was That's quite sweet. nice. I mean, I, I didn't get to see it, but I saw other people's photos. So that was lovely of her. Sounds she's cool. great anyway. I've yeah. met her before. She's lovely. Yeah, she's lovely. And she, we met her, at, um, when was the first time we met her? I can't remember. I think it was one of the events out in Chiswick. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. For me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, nice. um, Colin and Sylvester did a talk on the Saturday. Obviously, I wasn't there, but apparently, they were fantastic on stage <laughs> together. I mean, I could, uh, we've seen them before. We know how great they are, but they caused chaos on the Saturday <laughs> on the stage, apparently, those two. Oh, good. Good. Liven <laughs> it up a bit. Me. Yeah. Oh, I mustn't laugh, mustn't <laughs> smile. It sets the cough off, but yeah. Oh, nice. Well, I'm glad you had a good event, dude. I'm glad you it had a, a good, good one. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. And you've brought back a. You've brought back a cold as well as some pictures, so nice one. Yeah, that's what I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been, uh, my week has been, uh, or a couple of weeks has been very uh, taming compared to yours then, so all I've done is just carry on with my classic rewatch. So I'm now up to, uh, the last one I watched was The Sensorites, so the Ooh. next one for me is going to be The Reign of Terror. So I know there's, right. a, there's a few eps or a couple of eps missing on that one, but yeah, that'll be the next one. I like, quite like the sensor rights. Hmm. You heard these rumours about um, apparently a load of missing episodes have been found in Australia. A pri- this is just rumour, by the way. I know we don't normally do rumour, but it it seems to have gained some traction of late. So the hmm. rumour is that um, a private collector died 
in Australia, and in this collection is a load of missing Dot Two episodes. But Ooh. we don't know if it's true. I was expecting an announcement yesterday for Doctor Who Day if it was true, and we didn't get anything. So maybe it's a load of BS. But uh, hmm. yeah, you heard about that rumor? I've not. No. Yeah. Hmm. That'd be cool. Fingers crossed it's true. Yeah. I'd, I would. I mean, imagine because we've sort of given up a little bit, haven't we? That we're going to find any more. Yeah, a little bit. But you never There's always know, a little you? glimmer of hope. There must be, there must, there must be out there somewhere. There must be. Yeah, I mean, I think there's one or two stories that were never sent abroad for, for you know, to be shown. So I think there's one or two that we were definitely destroyed. I think it's the Feast of Stephen or something like that. I think there's maybe one or two that, yeah, they just weren't sent abroad, so that they were definitely junked, and we're never going to see them, which is a shame. But the majority of the stuff at some point would have been like transferred to a second copy and sent abroad to to be repeated mm. and shown. So fingers crossed somewhere. There's yeah, it's gotta be you've always got to have a bit of hope. By the way, well I think of it mate, happy Doctor Who Day for yesterday. Of course. Yeah. I was just yes, about to, happy uh... Doctor Who Day. Did you have a good one? I mean the BBC Twitter account was rocking and rolling for a couple of hours yeah, before it, was cool. it completely yeah. fizzled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. No, it was nice to watch um, some some classic Who on Doctor Who. That was the mm. story I watched yesterday, the Centrites. It was really nice to um, to just uh, kick back and have a bit of Hartnell happening on the, the anniversary and all that <coughs> stuff. So yeah, it was it was really nice. Um, I saw a load of people watching An Unearthly Child, which I know you did as well. I did. So, yeah, nice, yeah, really nice. enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who Day, but the, the Twitter account we um, I was talking to Matt, you know our friend Matt from uh, Who Alex, and we were like, we we thought they were building to something big. He was like messaging me like, mate, if you, you know it's on the hour every hour. They're tweeting something. This is going. This is building to like some big thing. And I'm like, yeah, it seems to be, doesn't it? Like they were putting out like new artwork of all the Doctors with ten and right at the front as the fourteenth and. Um, Oh, what else did they put out? They oh, did you see the video, the friendship video they put out of mm-hmm. um, Donna and the tenth of that? Got my heartstrings, mate. That was beautiful. Yeah, they were so they were bugging out something on the hour every hour, and um, we both thought it was building to like either a costume reveal for Shooty, um, or maybe even a little trailer or something. It seemed to be building to something big, and then it got to seven o'clock and he just stopped tweeting. I think the last tweet was like, what does Doctor Who mean to you? And we were like, oh, well, that's a bit disappointing. And then they didn't tweet anything after that. So it's, yeah, it kind of fizzled out, but it was really good for the first couple of hours. It was really good stuff. It was cool. Yeah, because I have Twitter open on another screen as I'm working. And I just saw it going nuts. Yeah. I like, yeah. I thought the same at one point. I thought, hmm, they might be building to something here, which is kind of cool. It was creating yeah. such a good buzz, like mm. you know, because the stuff that was posted was so good that, yeah, it really felt like they were creating something big. Um, and I, I, I'm glad I didn't put money on it, but I said to Matt, "We're definitely, you know, th- there's been no shooty content yet, and they've done this big thing with uh, having Tennant in the, you know, for right at the front of the artwork, and we're definitely going to get the something shoot shooty content today." And uh, I was amazed. I mean, if I'd have put money on it, I would have done, you know. I would have lost. I can't believe it. I thought <laughs> even some new artwork or so. I said, there's going to be something. There's going to be something. But no, nope. nothing at all. <laughs> it was cool, though, for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it yeah. Was And good. Twitter Maybe. overall seems pretty good at the moment. Pretty positive. So that's good. It does. I don't want to tempt fate, but it does seem to be in a better, slightly better place. Maybe yeah. the um, Twitter, you know, the Dots Who Twitter guy just fell asleep on the sofa like me. Well, maybe he had <laughs> Maybe enough. he woke up. He's like, look, 
I'm glad you're all happy, but I've not had any lunch yet. Yeah. And it's approaching dinner time, so. He's like, who's taking over the shift? Like, you know, I've been doing this since yeah. <laughs> nine o'clock this morning. Who's taking over? <laughs> Looking around, no one there. Wow, sod it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Doctor Who Day. Happy Doctor Who Day to everybody, belated. Yeah, yes. Indeed. Right, shall we hop in this crusty old blue box then and do some news? <laughs> See what's going yeah. on. Let's let's do it. Go on then. So a couple of bits of news then to smash through. The first one is we've actually got some, bless him, that he's coughing his heart. Sorry, I really tried not face. to. Oh. Oh. Uh, the first bit of news then is we've got uh, a whole slew of production style news that came via way of Doctor Who magazine, the last one uh, that was that dropped, what was that, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now? Yeah. With um, the very ago. cool cover with David Tennant mm. on the front. So we've got some really cool deets that landed from that issue and the we now we've got a bit more clarity on when the specials are dropping and who's doing what so the anniversary year so the stuff next year that david tennant and Catherine tate are involved in they're all going to be broadcast in november so this is not one of those one in easter one at summer and all that stuff spread it out like they did with the series four specials we're not going to get any it sounds sounds heartbreaking in a way but we're not going to get any new doctor who nothing at all now for a whole year so november 2023 that's when those three specials are going to land in the anniversary month which kind of makes sense so that's that's all cool and obviously david tennant and Catherine Tate are back as david tennant now is officially the 14th doctor that's how Mm. the bbc that's how russell and everybody is labeled Uh, the comeback from david tennant this is not one of those weird things where it's like the war doctor does he get counted as a number and all that stuff he is actually a number and then um shooty is officially the 15th doctor so that's how that's how it's gonna it's gonna line up um as we move forward uh we've got some news on some directors coming back and some fresh ones that are going to direct these uh specials so the first one is going to be directed by rachel talaley and uh, you'd know that name. So she did uh, quite a few eps in the Capaldi era. And she, she, I think she did the concluding, um, she directed the concluding um, uh, stories in his series at the end of his run. And Very she also did, um, she also did Twice Upon a Time. And, uh, you know, the story with David Bradley and, and all that yeah. stuff. So uh, a, a well-known name slash uh, director, Uh, coming back to direct the first special the second special is going to be a new director to who his name is tom kingsley and he's known for directing the second series of the bbc sitcom ghosts which is a bit of a sleeper hit i'll be honest with you dude it's one of those things where not everybody knows about it but the people that have watched it love it It, it, i've seen i've seen the first few episodes of series one so I need to carry on with that. But it's very cool. So he's directed the second series. And also he did some Channel 4 stuff. Um, Staff Let's Flats, which is that comedy, documentary style. Oh, right. Comedy. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's going to be cool. And then the third and final special is going to be directed by Chana Button or Chanya Button. And she's also new to Doctor Who. She's not um, directed anything before. Um, but she has done a lot of theatre work. So she's done a load of directing at The Globe uh, at London South Bank. So she's got a very big theatre background. And also she's done, she has done a couple of things on top of that. So she's done a feature film. So Burn, Burn, Burn. I've not heard of that before, but no. she uh, she directed that. And also 
um, uh, uh, something that went out in the US, I believe, a drama about Catherine of Aragon, uh, the Spanish princess, as well as some other stuff uh, on some other channels. So another brand new director coming to, to who? So that means that we're not going to see Shooty's Doctor until... We assume, anyway, the regeneration at the end of the third special in 2023, and then his series will start properly in 2024. We don't know when in 24, but that's when his stuff is going to kick off officially, and filming for that begins next month. And um, directing the first block of all that stuff is another newcomer to who? Somebody called Dylan Holmes-Williams. And um, his short film, The Devil's Harmony, won the jury prize at the Sundance Film Festival in 2020. And he's also directed a couple of TVs for Apple TV's The Servant. And uh, so, yeah. And then then just another slew of names that you'll recognize uh, who are working on the production as we move forward. Obviously, Russell, you know that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Julie Gardner's back. Phil Collinson's back. Jane Tranter, uh, so they're all executive producers. All of these really cool names that made Doctor Who what it is in the modern era are all back. So it sounds very, very cool, dude. Uh, all back as Bad Wolf um, productions and so on. Uh, and then looking at um, uh, looking after the show overall as production designer is Philip Sims, and uh, he was the art director on the sixth and seventh Mission Impossible films, oh, as right, well as okay. as well as episode nine of star wars as well as guardians of the galaxy and avengers age of ultron and uh so a really big huge name in terms of uh, production design um coming to doctor who and then lastly script editor will be scott hancock uh, who worked on the sarah jane adventures as well as a bunch of stuff anyone that listens to a lot of big finish will know his name he's done so many scripts for big finish um so dude some really good news there i'm so pumped that as well as russell coming back we've also got julie and phil and all those people that were around in 2005 and and all that stuff and some big names coming to do some design work on it as well the dude that does all the the star wars stuff and the avengers i can't wait mate. it's going to be so good i'm i'm over the moon with this news very cool yeah it's a good collective isn't it it really is It, it, it is exciting and um um, I was saying with Matt yesterday that you know that it feels like since Russell came back, um, he's really sort of so th- all the stuff that was drifting, like the merchandise and the um, you know like the promotion and stuff that's just sort of like driftwood out there. It's as if he's gathered it all back in and it's all under one roof again. <laughs> I mean, you know, yesterday when they were doing the announcement, it it felt very structured. You know, we got new artwork and we you know all the stuff that we've had in the last month since Jody left it. It, it does all feel already so well planned out by Russell and his team. You know, we got a new figure set announced yesterday. Um, we got a, a big finish set announced. And it just feels like he's just brought it all back in under one roof and he's got it all plotted out very nicely. Like even the little, you know, drips of um, promotion that we've had in the last month. I would, I would just think they've been brilliantly spaced out. Like, I don't know how he's going to keep it going for another year. I, I have no idea how yeah. he's going to keep the ball rolling for the next year. But at the minute, you know, just in this last month, he's he's done such a good job of just, like, drip-feeding us little bits to keep us excited. Like, you know, like the news you've just read out. As I said, the merchandise, the, the promotion, the artwork. Um, yeah, it, I just think it is exciting. And it does feel, it is creating a buzz. I, I just hope we can keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Forbidden Planet here in the UK have got some really good Doctor Who merch um, queued up and and lined up for their uh, 
not as, as well as Doctor Who Day, but just the the 60th anniversary in general. They've got a whole slew of t-shirts and sweatshirts and all sorts of stuff going on. So, yeah, they've got some cool stuff lined up too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I was looking at that that merch. Right, and talking of um, well planned out, so we did get uh, quite a big announcement on Children in Need, uh, which again is a lovely thing because, you know, we've had so many nice Doctor Who things drop during Children in Need over the years. So this was lovely to get this. Um, it was the announcement of the new companion uh, that's going to be joining Shooty. Uh, and her name is Millie Gibson. Her character name is Ruby Sunday. <laughs> when she first <laughs> said that, I was like, sorry, sorry, what? <laughs> Ruby Sunday. I mean, it does sound like a, well, it sounds like the name you come up with when you're trying to do, well, it, it, I'm not sure about the name. But anyway, Millie Gibson, um, I didn't have a clue who she was when she was announced, I have to be honest. Uh, but she's best known for playing Keely Neelan, Keely Neelan, <laughs> is it with these names, uh, in uh, Coronation Street, which I don't watch. I, I hate the soaps, so that's why I didn't know who she is. I don't watch any of the soaps, but that's what she's best known for. Um, she's very young. I think she's only 18, uh, but I hear from people who do watch soaps that she's a really good actress. So, yeah, so even though I don't know who she is, um, I'm told she's very good and she dealt with some difficult storylines and you know, acted them well. So that's all I really know. And I do have faith in, in Russell. Um, but yeah, when she was announced, I was like, who? Haven't mm-hmm. got a clue. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. The one thing I did like, though, was that they released a little tiny two or three minute video clip of her and Shooty just talking. Um, on, it was on Twitter and stuff. And, and it was basically him asking her like generic questions and she was giving her answers. But about a minute and a half into the sort of little... Uh, interview they kind of just dropped the questions and just started chatting and laughing and i just thought ah they seem like they've got a good good balance between these two this i think this could be a really good pairing you know again if this translates to screen and what i did like was that you know a lot of people are you know with casting these days i mean russell's getting it in the neck left right center from you know, just it's just so hard to please everybody you just can't do it and uh, there was a bit of criticism uh, you know about the cast, and I think people assumed it'd be um, Yasmin. Forgotten her name, uh, the one that's joining David. Sorry, uh, I've the name. Yes, I know he mean yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, but what I liked about it is Russell's obviously uh, auditioning people and just picking who he thinks is best for the role because Shooty says in that little video, and he he says it very candidly. It's kind of an off-the-cuff comment, so it's not like he sort of planned it. You know, he just sort of says, yes, I was in the auditions when, you know, when when, uh, Millie auditioned and I said to Russell after she left the room, she's the one, she's the one. And I just, I love the thought of them sat there and, and just being all excited and be like, yeah, I think we found, you know, I think we found our Ruby Sunday here. Um, so that's really nice. I love the fact they're doing auditions. And um, if Russell and Shooty think she's the one, uh, then uh, I, I'm excited for that. So, yeah. Is there anything else I need to say about her? Let's have a little look. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, a, I mean, what an opportunity for, for Millie, though, as a, yeah. as a young actress to be, you know, this has got shades of Billy Piper all over it. You know, Billy Piper was not really known as an actress prior to Doctor Who. She was more of a sort of a teen pop star here in the UK and doing that stuff. And um, the springboard for that, you know, she's been in some really big TV shows over the last, what I don't know how many years, uh, 20 years, I suppose, since Doctor mm-hmm. Who, 18 years. So this should be a really, really good, great thing for her career. 
and um, and you're absolutely right, dude. I think it's uh, I think it's very cool that Russell is just going with his gut as he normally does. He, there's, mm. He's under no. We got the impression that in the Chibnall era, especially at the beginning, it was a case of does Chibnall truly truly want to cast these people or is he doing it because some executive at the bbc is saying you have to cast you know a certain type of person in these roles sort Mm. of thing you always got that feeling because it was alluded to in certain interviews and stuff and he didn't really comment directly about it he just sort of skirted around it so Mm. you didn't really get that but i get the feeling with russell he's like no you either let me do this my way and cast the people i want to cast or you know it's not happening so yeah i think i think she's going to be very cool were you there when it was announced? Did you watch Chimney yeah. Neat? Mm-hmm. Did, did you did you know who she was? I, I had no idea because I don't watch no. Corey. Um, <laughs> it was exciting, wasn't it? It was cool though. Um, the only she thing came that, out the TARDIS, it's like who's coming out? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. It was great to see the TARDIS though mm, on that stage. It was. it was very cool. The only thing that does my head in about, um, <laughs> or did my head in about that was, um, uh, was it Mel Mel Godric who was yeah. doing it? I love her. She's so funny, but. <clears throat> the 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 thing with her is that she comes across as really patronising. That's the only mm. thing that took the shine of it because <laughs> she was like, "Oh, look, you're the new companion, aren't you? It's yeah. going to be exciting, isn't it?" And all that. I'm like, "That this this is not a this is not a BBC, you know, early morning kids <laughs> thing in the ball pool. This is a <laughs> this is a this is a thing." But it, it it was great to um just to see her come out beaming, massive smile from the target yes. and, and all that stuff. So. Yeah, dude, I think it's a great pairing. And the, the promo shot that they've released of her and Shuti together, they look very cool and relaxed together. So They do. She good. seemed very shy when she came out. I think, like I said, she is quite young. So, uh, But, like, yeah, I do have faith in Russell, like you said, when he cast Billy and stuff. And just uh, quickly, I'll just give you the quote from Millie. She said, um, while still being in total disbelief, I'm beyond honoured to be cast as the Doctor's companion. It's a gift of a role and a dream come true. And I will do everything to try and fill the boots the fellow companions have travelled in before me. And what better way to do that than being in the... F- being by the fabulous Naguti Gatwa's side. I just can't wait to get started, which is a lovely quote, actually. It's really, really nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. You would be as well, wouldn't you? You'd be so eager just to get rocking and rolling. And Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I'm excited for them. Looking forward to it. Indeedy. Yes. Mm. So some great news there. Some really good production stuff revealed. All the directors and all the exec producers at Bad Wolf should be called. Production kicks off next month, some point in December. One would assume that we're going to see some uh, some set picks knocking around and some other bits and pieces as they start filming on location and whatnot. Um, so that's going to be cool to get into that. And also our new companion, Ruby Sunday, has been announced uh, and his actress, Millie Gibson. So some great news there, dude, To uh, as we land the TARDIS and get into our review, which is... Yeah, so we're still ploughing on with uh, Torchwood Miracle Day. And this episode is episode eight and it's called End of the Road. On the next all-new episode... We got the names of the people who are responsible for causing the miracle. I suggest we get to work. You are not the only remarkable thing on this earth, Jack. My grandfather wasn't alone. This thing would be the end of us. We are going to search this place. Something happened here. How the hell did you do this? Oh, my God. I got a man dying here! An all-new episode of Torchwood Miracle Day. New episodes Fridays at 10 on Stars. On Stars. Stars, eh? Yeah. Thought I'd throw that in there. 
uh, an upfront apology to our US listener. But uh, yeah, very cheesy US uh, version of the trailer there that we don't we don't get too often uh, here in the UK. But it's the whole year. Torch coming, coming this Friday. Torchwood. <laughs> so, as you said, dude, we are ploughing through Miracle Day. We're on episode eight, end of the road. And it was first broadcast back on the 26th of August, 2011 in the US. Mm-hmm. And then we got it the following week on the 1st of September. It was directed by Gwyneth Horder-Payton, written by Ryan Scott. And it's got a weird kind of dual credit for this. So it was written by Ryan Scott. And then the teleplay was written by Ryan Scott and Jane Eppinson. Espenson, sorry. And uh, so I think that's when you've taken the script and then you've turned it into a a screenplay or a teleplay in this instance. But then the original script, it sounds like, was also written by by Ryan Scott. It stars uh, John Barrowman, Eve Miles, uh, Mickey Pfeiffer as Rex, uh, Alexa Havins as Esther, Kai Owen as Reese, yay, and uh, Bill Pullman as Oswald Danes, and then a bunch of other um, supporting cast members. And then the synopsis is thus: uh, Jack Harkness showdowns with a man he thought long dead, but will the outcome be beneficial? Rex Matheson takes extreme action, but is it too late to prevent the collapse of society? Question mark. Mm. So then, Bud, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, my thoughts on this uh, is that I, I thought it was a bit of a mess, this episode. I, I found it really <laughs> tedious, really tedious, because it, it, the whole thing was just lots of questions and quite a bit of exposition. <laughs> so I, I, I was struggled struggled all the way through this, to be honest with you. There, there was the odd moment, there was the odd little reveal, but I didn't think it was very good. Um, I didn't think the script was very good. Uh, I even, for the first time, found Gwen a little bit annoying. I was almost relieved when she got told to leave the room. It was, and again, I did, the writing just showed that they didn't know what to do with her. So, oh, let's you know, let's get her out of the story because we don't know what to do with these characters. Nothing really happened. It was just a fi- another filler um, where they threw in the only interesting thing was this thing that they found under the floor. Um, what was it? A transmitter thing? The transmitter for the morphic field or something. Yeah. 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 That's the only sort of interesting uh, development in this. Um, we saw Duet Dane come back and beat up some prostitute for, I don't know what that was about, apart from just filling up another five or ten minutes. Yeah, really couldn't get on board with this one, mate. I was glad when I finished it. It, it As I said, the, the word I've written at the bottom of my pad is tedious. Oh, so dear. not a fan of this one, I'm afraid. Oh, mate. Yeah, I kind of echo you on this one, buddy. I, it was a shame yeah. because when we reviewed the last episode, um, which was called uh, Immortal Sins, that mm. one kind of had us hooked back in, it felt like. It did. Because yeah. we gave that... Um, I gave it a seven and a half. You gave it a seven. And that was the highest score for a while. All the other mm. ones of Miracle Day have been sixes and 5.5s, a couple of them. So yeah. I really felt like this one, we were we were kind of building up as we progressed to the, the end of the series and coming up to some big finale, some big showdown. Mm. But then this one, like you said, it felt like it was, I don't know, it, it's almost like they've run out of, of content to stretch across 10 episodes massively yeah so it to me it's like this is the stuff that you normally see in the first half of the penultimate episode Mm. so in in the penultimate episode you normally have a a bit of a 
a bit of a thing happening and then in the last 10 minutes there's a huge thing that kicks off a big cliffhanger leaving you wanting more as you go into the finale whereas it feels like they've just haven't got enough content to do that so now that we're just really stretching out the whole thing so essentially in this episode it really was just a case of they've arrived at um what's his face's mansion so at the end of the previous episode they met up with um angelo's granddaughter and she's taken them to his mansion so throughout his life thanks to jack who has informed him about how the world is going to work he's now used that to his advantage and has made a fortune and he's also really researched heavily how to live a longer life um so i'm I'm sure we'll get some more details on that in the next two eps hopefully about this whole miracle thing and (coughs) the life that's you know how life is preserved and all that stuff but Mm. essentially that's it they arrive at his mansion and angelo is the first person that dies naturally while this whole miracle thing has gone on so everyone's like well how is this possible we don't know because he should be nobody can die at the minute he should be alive how is he dead nobody knows and then they find this weird thing in the floor under his under his bed he was in this big room with all this medical equipment and everything Mm. and then they try to cover it up but esther has been like informed she's spoken to her sister i think it is and she's going to volunteer to do this thing she's trying to warn her so she's in a race now a countdown to get this solved so that nothing happens to her sister jack wants to take this transmitter away from the mansion so he can investigate it properly god knows why he wants to do that where is he going to take it nobody knows how is he going to take how's he going to do that and um and then we have this really snarky really annoying uh, cia agent that's kind of running the show to a degree and Mm. um and yeah so you know he's kind of you know butting heads with him that's not going well and that's it that's that's the episode it really is just jack having a lovely moment with angelo angelo passes away Jack then realises that under his bed is a transmitter, something to do with a morphic field, and that's it. All the other stuff that happens around it is just like you said. Questions, conversations about the same thing, blah, blah, blah. I think they even tried to inject it a little bit of fun and humour in this one. I think um, um, Gwen Gwen's character is quite laid back and funny in this one, which is really off character for her because it feels just like she's given up now. She's just yep. having a laugh about it all and not really doing stuff. I know that she's feeling a bit more chilled now that she knows that Reese is all good back home and the baby and everything like that. But mm. she still, there's that throughout the entire series up to this point, you've always felt like Gwen's character has been really keen and eager to stick with Torchwood. There's been a couple of times where she's had the opportunity to leave it all and go back home to Wales and be with a family, but she hasn't. She's stuck it out. She really wants to do it. But in this one, she's like, oh, this is pretty funny, really. How, her attitude and the way that she's played it which i'm assuming is down to the direction is very much like well you've got to laugh about it haven't you because if you yeah. don't laugh then you're just going to cry about it so you That's know what i mean even gwen we always say she's like a strong constant don't we that, yes. that she's always good even if it's the first time really i can instance i can think of where i just thought when they sort of got rid of her i thought oh, i'm not too bothered actually normally i'd be rooting for gwen like no don't yeah. don't get rid of gwen but yeah she she 
the whole cast looks a bit bored. I mean, there, there's a lot of standing around, especially for the first 10 minutes. There's a lot of them wandering around the mansion, talking, talking, talking. And um, I like the concept of this transmitter under the bed. That's quite a nice idea. But like you said, it's not enough to stretch out a story for like, you know, yeah, for 50 yeah. minutes, whatever it is. And you mentioned the humour there as well. There's a couple of moments where they throw in what's, a, you know, you can tell that's trying to be funny. The humour didn't land for me in this story at all. Um, I just found it really clunky and cringy, to be honest. Um, and also the direction was a bit off because I don't know about if you thought this, but the scene where Angelo dies, um, it was almost as if Barrymore was playing it for laughs. He's like, oh, my, what's all the beeping? There's beeping going on. You know, well, the machines are beeping. And he's like <laughs> yeah. tapping away on the computer keyboard madly. And it, I just thought it's, you know, I would have got him to retake that scene. I'd be like, John, it's, you, you know, this isn't a comedic scene. You know, you know what the bit of me, he's like throwing the computers across the room yeah. and like trying to, you know, tap, tap, tap away. And I just, I mean, I think the scene afterwards, I can't remember now because it's two weeks since I watched it now and it was pretty unmemorable. But I think that, you know, maybe afterwards, does he say goodbye to him or something? It might have been quite touching. But yeah, again, that, just that whole scene just didn't feel like, you know, it should have been quite a big moment, I think. And it, it didn't feel like it. It didn't really land, did it? Yeah, it was... Um, it didn't land at all, no. because no. it was a touchy moment. It, you could tell that he's, he's just having a quiet moment with him. He knows that he's in a bad way. He's not just going to get up and, you know, they're going to resume some crazy romance. Of course, you know, he's, he's really old and, you know, you can tell he's on his way out. So that touching <laughs> moment, he just leans forward and he's... I think he says, like, you know, goodbye, old man, or something like that. Did you get the feeling that Barrowman really didn't want to kiss that old man? <laughs> Well, he like, literally barely <laughs> it's as if he leans in and then you can hear the director go go on kiss him yeah, and he's like yeah. you know he really didn't look like he wanted to do that I don't like blaming him but no no Regia it was um, initially I thought it was the uh, I, th I thought it was the, the actor who played Angelo in some in some makeup to make him look um, to make him look really old and I thought he was going to yeah. wake up and have a little last minute conversation with him and stuff but yeah, it's um, it was weird. It wasn't him, was it? I assume it wasn't. I don't think so. No, oh. but I thought it was it to begin with. I thought he's bound yeah. to wake up, see Jack, and you know he can then die happily or peacefully that he's seen Jack again and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, that was weird. And yeah, so the humour, like you said, just didn't really land in this no, one I'm because sorry. it it also feels like the the stakes have been shifted from what was quite a horrific and Gruesome. Um, fairly gruesome thing so in the first mm. half of this series it really was all about this the the miracle obviously that's causing the problem whatever it turns out to be but also the way that society has handled it has been really horrific and that's what's grounded the series for a lot of us i know that it's tortured and it's science fiction and all that stuff but some in in my opinion some of the best tortured and same all applies to doctor who some of the best of that stuff is when there is a some kind of relatable subject matter or narrative yeah. that's that you can kind of latch onto. Um, so in the first half, it's been about how society has handled it and how they've progressed this kind of tiered system for people who are injured from, you know, three to one. And now we have this zero level that we find in this episode with um, Oswald Danes's character. Uh, and then the whole thing around, well, we don't know what to do with bodies. So we're just going to, torch them all in these giant ovens and stuff all of that was a real horrific thing that made you think like 
these guys have got to solve this because it's it's just terrible. But I feel like this one and the last episode was slightly different because it was a load of flashbacks. But yeah. certainly in this one, it really feels now like none of that really matters. None of it is really kind of their focus has shifted from helping to just now investigating who these three families are. So the three yeah. dudes that were in Jack's flashback that quote unquote bought him mm. when he was chained up and stuff. Um, and the only really kind of tiny little nugget that we can hold on to that now really is Esther trying to save her sister because her sister's volunteered and the yeah. kids to do this thing. So that's really it. So it feels like it doesn't not the like the weight of this whole thing is not really there anymore. It's just Torchwood having a bit of a laugh and a crack annoying the cia dude he's annoying them back and the um, jurassic park guy was back whatever his name is jurassic park dude yeah he was um so he's obviously been uh we now know that he was planted there by the family one of these mm. families right so he's been he was captured by rex with the lenses that's yeah. been done before all I good put that, i put grown eye yeah. lenses again yeah eye lenses have come you know a bit of a plot device to deal with his character essentially yeah and um he ended up committed suicide takes out another cia agent and also angelo's granddaughter which was pretty sad although yeah. no emotional attachment to her because she's not been in it long enough but yeah so he's gone and then um we have some more ridiculousness it was a really badly put together scene where jack calls over rex and esther and he's like Oh. The morphic field means that nobody can hear us, but oh. they can still see us. So act nat it's basically act natural, yeah? So you've got all these CIA dudes around the edge of the room and they're walking in and out and they do this thing where where they see somebody or whatever. They just, you know, <laughs> like we're not up to anything, you know, everything's fine here. We're not We're not doing anything. It's the most poorly put together bit of torchwood in this episode possibly for a few episodes it's like if you were if you were a clued up sensible on the ball person walking around that room you would spot them three up to no good within three seconds especially if you're a parent because that's the kind of tomfoolery that your your kids do when they are up to something and they yeah. want you to think that um they're not up to something and they want to try and so it was just really strange bud because it's like we don't need it explaining to us either they did this thing that went on for a minute where rex is like oh i don't believe you and jack's like well yeah come in and find out and it just went on for ages and oh um, mate what a i uh, i was groaning because that was my biggest point about this episode that scene i just thought it was absolutely ridiculous and it went you're right it seemed to go on forever but okay i get the idea that you know it's, it's a cool idea that if you step into this thing nobody can hear you cool you know like that idea <laughs> cool. but they would be able to see you like mouthing and talk you you know they can still see you of course like, just yeah. just because you're just because they can't hear you they can still see you like turning around and mouthing and talking to the other people and all that it was so ridiculous i mean what a, and that's what i mean about direction as well i think oh, if you're gonna if you get that in the script and you're thinking god how am i gonna shoot that to make that look good <laughs> 
Just don't have the guards wandering around. You know, don't make it so obvious that the guards could see them. Have them in the corner of the room. Do something. It just was so blatant that, you know, there's no way they would have got away with that. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and it did. It just went on forever. And I was, I was literally, like, putting my hand to my head and just shaking my head, like, what is going on here? This is just stupid. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I let out a big groan when you mentioned that scene because that's... That's one of the notes I've got. Ridiculous. So essentially in that scene, it could have just been wrapped up with a 30 second conversation. Yeah. The morphic field (laughs) is causing the miracle and the thing under his bed is a null field that's cancelling it out. Yeah. That's your your thing. That's all your, that's all your, that's all your thing. So, um, yeah. And then we, that's the story, dude. There's no other story in this episode other than Jack wants to take this thing out. God knows where. Torture doesn't have a base anymore. Doesn't have anything, so no. don't know where he's going to take it. Rex helps him at the end. He escapes. Off with Esther they go. Rex is going to stay behind and sort of smooth over the cracks. And there we go. So that's the story. Let's talk about some characters. Yeah, go on then. Um, before we get on to the main cast, uh, we've mentioned the guy, the Jurassic Park dude that's come back. He's uh, He blows himself he up. Blows himself. He was actually okay for a little bit. He was... Um, yeah, I like the actor. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, what about the dude who seems to be very high up or the head of the CIA, who's uh, got a real a real bee in his bonnet around yeah. Jack and Torchwood and stuff? He's annoying. I recognise him from some early yeah. Star Trek, The Next Generation. He played a character oh, called it? Q. There was a character mm. called Q that popped up every now and then in The Next Generation, and he was equally annoying in there. I'm sure he's a lovely guy <laughs> <laughs> in the... Um, uh, in reality, but he just seems to play annoying. I think it's his voice as well, mm. annoying bloody characters. But uh, I recognised him, but I, don't, I didn't didn't know where. But yeah, I mean, he, he was a bit caricature as well, wasn't he? He's like, I'm a CIA, I'm an annoying CIA agent. Yeah, just the way he played it. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I didn't really like like him. <laughs> yeah, he's. Um, he, I, I'm not sure what his. I'm not sure what his. Uh, what his final objective is either because you can tell yeah, what's that, his beef what's your beef man yeah because you can tell that he obviously wants to he wants to solve the bigger picture to mm. a degree but he's more he seems more um preoccupied with trying to figure out what jack's doing and and what they're up to and stuff like that so he he was okay i suppose um mm. so yeah alan shapiro is uh is our um, CIA agents John De Lancy? John De Lancy. What a ridiculous what name! What a ridiculous bloody name! Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, he was annoying. So yeah, didn't really do much for the story. Um, yeah. Uh, we had a nice little scene with Reese, like Gwen's on the phone, you know, just keeping him up to date with what's going on. Yeah. And uh, Reese is like, oh, "I wish you could come home," and she's like, "Well, I'll be home soon. I can't yet. I'm just going to stay here and crack funny one-liners for a bit more, <laughs> and then I'll probably be home and." And that's it. So Reese was cool as usual. Yeah, as usual. Yes. Uh, what about um, what about? Let's actually let's talk about the scene towards the end with Oswald Danes and yeah. Um, I mean, what what was that about? Yeah. So that's weird. It got it. It kind of took a bit of a dark, freaky, weird turn towards the yeah. end, and I still can't. I still can't figure out whether that scene was needed or not. I, I think it probably was just to highlight the fact that. His character, Oswald Danes, is still a creepy old bit of a beep. Mm. So basically, he's on cloud nine at the minute. 
he knows that he's like the most famous guy in the world right now, big celebrity. Everything's going well for him. He's in his hotel room. He just wants to kick back and have a bit of fun. And he's doing this weird dance around the room as he's talking to a... Almost Joker-esque, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, as he's talking to um, the PR lady. What's her name? Oh, Kissinger. Kissinger, that's it. Is it, it Thank Kissinger? You. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. And um, And yeah, he basically says, look, I want to kick back, blah, blah, get me a prostitute. And you think, oh, okay, mm. that's that's creepy and all the rest of it and then she kind of entertains it she's like oh. she's like well how old and he's like yeah legal but redhead and all this stuff basically describing her but just you know it is creepy and <laughs> the, the the scene ultimately culminates with the the prostitute who they've sent in is you know fairly up for it um which is weird in itself because she knows yeah. exactly who he is and why he's doing what he's doing and she entertains it for a while, but then she realises that he's a bit of a, you know, too creepy for her. So she does the off. Kissinger comes back in and uh, they have a bit of a tussle. You know, he's angry that the that the, the woman's left and she's putting up with none of it and, and all the rest of it. And uh, That's right, actually, I said he beat up the prostitute, but no, it was kissing Kidsinger, whatever her name is, that he actually beats up. Isn't yeah, it? they have a, yeah. a bit of a fight because he's yeah. angry. He's like, you know, this is... And then she reveals that, um, that soon he's going to become what we now know as Category Zero. Mm. And um, uh, basically, um, they'll classify criminals like him as Category Zeros, and they'll be sent to these uh to the ovens i think it, the gist of what she was saying yeah um so even though he's not he hasn't been like seriously wounded and he's you know should be dead he's alive and well um because he's a criminal he's going to be one of the dudes now category zero and uh, she creates she takes great delight in shouting that to him and they have a bit of a fight and so on um so that it was an interesting scene only because it just took us away from the complete boredom that was going yeah. on on the other, in the rest of the episode. So fairly well acted out, uh, I would say, from those two. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll give it that. I mean, it, it, it did. I think it was there to sort of because we haven't seen Dane, have we, for the last is it episode or two? It's I'm not sure. Two, I, I don't feel like we've yeah. seen much of him. So whether it was there just to remind us of what a nasty creep he is, you know, just to sort of reinforce that. Um, like you said, it did it did at least break up the boredom from the rest of the episode. I will give it that. And we do get those agents like come in at the end and shoot. So this random woman just decides to try and pair up with um, Kissinger, doesn't she? And I don't, know, I don't again. Oh, don't the really FBI, know the CIA agent that turns yeah. up and turns out that um, so Kissinger didn't realise that. And then this dude turns up at the end, doesn't he? He's like, you've done well. Mm. we think we want to recruit you as a as an agent yourself and all that stuff and then he shoots that woman in the lift and yeah yeah, yeah. so again a bit sort of over in a flash and again i was like oh what's the point of her then but it adds another element of mystery to it i suppose but again it feels a little bit like do we don't really need any more mystery we'd like some answers you know <laughs> it's like come on um but yes it yeah a strange scene very uncomfortable really to watch but it like you said it at least um took away some of the boredom of what was going on in the mansion <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it did it did sort of ramp up in those last two or three minutes so we had it that did. that going yeah. on in the hotel yeah. room and then back at the at angelo's place as esther and jack are 
escaping, Jack gets shot, so he's on the back seat because we know oh, yeah, that, I forgot about that. Yeah. we know that Jack is mortal, and we know a bit more about that now because because um, Angela used um, this device thing as well as Jack's blood from back in the day. That's why Jack is now mortal. It seems it's like the reverse mm-hmm. has happened to him. So he's been shot. He's on the back seat, and Esther's just freaking out. She's like, "Tell me where to go," I don't, which also reinforces the fact that where the bloody hell were they going to take this thing? Yeah, no. Yeah, they, what are they going to do with it? Yeah, yeah. So Jack's out of it. He's passed out on the back. He's been shot. Esther's driving off, and Rex has gone back in to uh, try and explain how they've escaped. I don't know how he's going to do that, but there we go. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um. But yeah, that last few minutes, I guess, as we close out the episode, was was okay. And Esther was was pretty good. Um, uh, Alexa Havins, uh, she was pretty good in that last bit. Yeah, she's all right, Esther. And I, yeah, I'd forgotten Jack got shot. As I said, it's two weeks since I watched this now because we we couldn't record last week. And I, yeah, that added a little bit of danger to it because we know that Jack can now die. I mean, I'm assuming he doesn't. But um, the thing is with Esther, though, you mentioned her sister earlier, an emotional attachment. When you know, when we had that scene of where we're supposed to worry about Esther's sister being captain. I'm like, there's no emotional attachment to me there. Mm. I couldn't care less about Esther's sister or Esther, to be honest. Um, you know, I think that's the problem. We've had seven episodes uh, or eight episodes even. And um, I haven't really formed much attachment to the new Torchwood gang, if you like. I mean, it's still mainly Jack and Gwen that I like. I mean, Rex gets on my freaking nerves. Um, Esther's just a bit boring. So, you know, even that, you know, they didn't really care. I hate to say they really care about her sister. I'm like, oh, so what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, exactly. I just can't form any emotional attachment to these characters. Throwing something in about her sister this late in the day, I'm like, well, who is she? We haven't even got to really know her. You know? Yeah. So we got that same kind of, well, similar <coughs> conversation with her and her sister, what, episode mm. two or three or something. Yeah. Where she realizes so that, ago. yeah, she's not a fit enough person to look after the kids. So she reports her. Yeah, and in all that so yeah i get you dude mm. um okay what do you think to uh rex in this one then mecky pfeiffer um mm. i mean he's just written to be quite annoying and he's always sort of butting heads with jack and yeah quite I mean, shouty nothing, and yeah yeah bolshy bolshy yeah and he, he has Again, a couple not of very likable no i mean he has a couple of all right conversations with um uh with the dude with uh, Shapiro, the CIA mm. head dude, and he kind of sort of smooths it over what he's been up to the last couple of months. He's like, did you really think I was a traitor to the CIA? You know, I was just doing mm. this, you know, to to basically just trying to explain why he's been off the radar and undercover. He's looking at the bigger picture. He's like, I'm just trying to stop this whole thing and, mm. and solve it. And Torchwood was a way of, of doing that. So that was okay. But yeah, just generally bolshy and shouty and, just a real stubbornness to open up to what Jack's trying to tell him as well. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. even though the the plot is very thin in this one, this whole null-filled transmitter thing under the bed, although that's narratively very weak, the fact that Rex still refuses to take on board anything Jack's saying to him is getting really tiresome now. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. Jack even admits to Shapiro at some point, he's like, look, I'm... I'm really don't know exactly what this is i'm no expert Mm. but we do need to investigate it so i need to take this to insert location here that i'm going to dream up in a minute to (laughs) just find out what's going on and uh but then he says to rex look this is 
part of what's going on. I can explain this bit. This is why people can't hear us, but they can see us mm. and all that stuff. And even then, right up to the last second, Rex is like, nah, 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 this is not not right. Nothing's going on. It's like, dude, he's telling you yeah. exactly what's going on because in a way, he's telling us, the viewer, exactly what's going on. And you're just, you're just in the scene to have your ears, you know, burnt off. I don't know. It, there, there was a lot of exposition in this, wasn't there? There's there was. a lot of telling. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Chibnall would have loved this episode. There was a, there was a lot of telling the viewer and the characters exactly what was happening. Uh, it was yes. pretty heavy yeah. on that. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that was cool with with Rex, apart from that conversation with Shapiro, was he does go to bat for for Gwen. So Gwen's doing her little comedic bit and Shapiro's yeah. like I should have you arrested and all the rest of it and Rex mm. was like actually she's proven herself to be really good so I you know just leave her alone sort of thing so that was okay but yeah otherwise yeah he's all right Rex I just can't really yeah I can't really get on board with him to be yeah. honest yeah. and I'm not I don't think I'm going to at this late stage I don't think he's going to win me over but he mm. might by the end of it I doubt it yeah same and then lastly then oh Captain Jack Cabin Jack. We're directing to old Barrowman in this one then. So a bit like uh, a bit like Eve Miles in this one, written to be some some of it to be humorous and funny, other times to try and be emotional and, and, and softer, and then other times be very much I'm the head of Torchwood and I'm shouting at you to be <laughs> to come across as very authoritative, so listen to me, and that doesn't really work either. So he's got a little bit of range in this one. He does try to to, to be a bit more dynamic but i don't know it just the, the writing more than anything it's not really his fault i think it's the writing and the direction that's pulls him all over the place a bit unnecessarily I, i'd absolutely agree with that i just think it's um it's not a good story for jack i mean that's the that's the thing last week's story was good because it was so centered around him and you could just tell that he, he probably loved well i think he says in the intro that he loved that episode and he you know can tell he was really into it yeah he's very much going through the motions in this episode but i i can't really blame him because of what he's given to say and do so it's not a bad performance but it's it's uh it's not a good one either it's uh but yeah it's down to the script more than yeah, anything yeah, yeah he's just not really given anything to do i do agree with you just to quickly pick up on something you said earlier um i do think we should have had a scene where before angelo died there should have been a conversation there you know because you've had this big build up and the relationship between those two last week and then we get the shock reveal that angelo's still alive and you know he's now this old man and that there should have been a touching scene and uh it probably could have easily filled a couple of minutes in this boring episode it might have added something to it if there was a little emotional uh punch there with jack saying goodbye to him and why are you doing this you know they could have written a nice touching scene i mean it probably would have been predictable because you're like oh obviously angelo's gonna die and it's a you know tears and all that but i do think it should have had it because i feel a bit cheated like you've reintroduced this character just for him to die on a bed without saying anything and um, jack seems to have gotten over him pretty quick and you know so i would i agree with you i would have liked to have seen a little a moment between him and jack before he died and i did i just thought the, the scene where he the machines were beeping and barrowman was going crazy it just it, it seemed to be played more for laughs than seriousness i just think yeah, the tone was wrong yeah. i agree mate yeah so instead of having a really nice scene where he had a few minutes with jack before he died yeah. He could have told Jack all the th- all the stuff <laughs> and via way we would have we would have been privy to that. But instead what they did is they let his granddaughter, her character, um, give us all the exposition around that. Yeah. Instead of Angelo 
telling Jack, and you know, and, and we witnessed that. So, yeah. but a bit of a weird, bit of a weird, a weirdly written one. This episode to me, it's um, yeah, it's not, it's not landed this episode at all with what's going on with the story. In fact, um, we'll probably mention this when we get to the very end. But you could probably watch this series if you wanted to in a bit of a binge without this episode in there. I'm guessing. You probably I, I, could. I mean, it, yeah. it introduces the transmitter thing. That's the only thing. That's, that's the whole purpose of it. But yeah, Other you than could that, probably get around that. Yeah, you yeah. Could get around that. So anyway. I certainly won't watch it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, anything else on your notes for this episode? No, not no? not really, mate. No. Okay. Scores on the doors, and I think it's me to go first. Go uh, for it. I'm going to give this a four <laughs> out of ten, dude. I thought this was probably potentially one of the weakest episodes in this in this series dude it's just completely unnecessary unneeded a load of waffle a load of oddly timed humor doesn't really land and some really poorly put together scenes that just the execution maybe in the script and on paper it's probably they probably read that and thought oh there that would be very cool but the way it was executed especially that scene where they're all just kneeling down on the thing and just terrible man not good yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be a good one from the, so you don't get these, but you know the little intros um, that they have on the Blu-ray of uh, oh, yeah. Barrowman and RTD, they do these on the on the Blu-ray, they give you like the little intros, which I assume they showed at the time of like them trying to build up the episode before you watch it, it's really weird, they're like, so this one, this week we get this, that, and the other, and Barrowman's sort of trying to inject some enthusiasm but i can tell that rtd has just given up at this point he looked even he looked bored and he's it's only like a 30 second <laughs> yeah he's just yeah. like so uh well so this week um right so there's a th- you know see this is an exciting episode like i'm like you don't sound excited russell so i i kind of got the feeling it wasn't going to be like good from that um and i just agree with you it just it it, it just fell flat so um yeah 4.5 i'm gonna give it i'll go a little bit higher i don't know what the point five's for because i agree <laughs> with you it was just a, a very boring episode yeah didn't you know at this stage in the in miracle day we should be ramping up the danger and the and the excitement and everything and this is just a flat boring episode it's episode eight it should have been there should have been a lot more to it than this uh, yeah, it does know. feel like yeah, it does feel like that. Mate, should be more yeah. more substance to this point at this point in the story, anyway. Yeah, which is weird. So, okay, so a four from me, a four point five from him. Uh, we had some. We only had a couple of reviews in on this one. Not surprised. Yep. So over on the Twitter, uh, Chippy T quite liked it though. He says much more what? like it. Lots of intrigue with CIA moles, the family, and its use uses for the blood. Kitsing and Danes with the hotel scene. Oh, and Jack gets shot. Mortality beckons 7.5 from me. Wow, that's wow, quite cool. a different take, isn't it? Okay, indeedy. Yeah, and then lastly on Twitter, Will Sanger says, Why does this keep getting worse? It's the same <laughs> boring characters with one personality trait. This one feels like purely exposition where I don't feel like I've learned a lot by the end of it and it feels yeah. dragged out. On the plus side, I thought Jack was very good in this one. Okay. Oh, Gareth Sneeson, he's caught the bug. He's caught it over Riverside. <laughs> Excuse me. Right. And then we just had one uh, one comment over on Facebook, and this one's a cracker. This Go one's on. a belter. This is from James Walsh. And James says, This still on? Question mark. Zero out of ten. Four puking up emojis. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I don't so, think he likes it. I don't know if James is being sarcastic there, and he loves it. <laughs> 
or if he genuinely mm. doesn't like it. But I yeah, as you say, he doesn't like it. Yeah. So not good. Not 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 good. Good. Not good. Bad. 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 This week from Torchwood. Next. Um, not next week, but when we come round to the next one, which is called the Gathering. Fingers crossed that one picks up a bit more pace and we get some some something well something substantial in that one. God, so, let me hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Two more to go, dude. All and right, dear listener, we we, we're getting through it. Next week, though, what are we reviewing them? So next week we'll be uh, diving into some Tenant era Doctor Who, and we're going to be doing the two part of the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Oh, that's the one with the hand, isn't it? The one with the hand. Yeah, the Davros. Oh, right, yeah. So yeah, that should be cool. And we got Jack back for that one as well, and the whole. Oh yeah, Jack's crew. back, isn't he? Yeah, actually, they're all back, aren't they? Yeah, they? yeah. Mm. Should be good. Alrighty, so on that note, let's wrap there, dude, for three six six. Alrighty. Thank you for listening to episode 366. It's great to have you all here. If you're a newcomer to the Big Blue Box podcast, then welcome. It's great to have you listening. If you're a long-time listener, one of the grizzled ancients, then welcome back. It's been super duper to uh, have you listen to us waffle on about Doctor Who. Some great bits in the new segment. Uh, some really cool stuff happening production-wise. It must be so exciting for those guys at Bad Wolf right now. Yeah. Right now, they're in the office designing and making stuff and doing all the things for this new series before they start shooting so what an exciting time for those people that are working on it and then also the new companion Millie Gibson she's going to be our new companion uh, for the 15th Doctor as Ruby Sunday which is an interesting name I'm sure that'll grow on us yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. so yeah that was Tortured Miracle Day End of the Road not too good on that one but next week hopefully should be cool back to some modern era Doctor Who uh, the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. So get your DVDs and Blu-rays or iPlayer fired up and give that a watch as we'll be asking for your thoughts as always. In the meantime, make sure you're following or subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast. That way you won't miss an episode when it lands every Friday. We're on the socials too. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. There are links on the website. Come and hang out and chat Doctor Who throughout the week. Uh, the website is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can also listen to our stuff for free on there. And you can listen, uh, sorry, read all the cool articles and reviews from our writing team. We have a free Discord server as well. Link on the website. Drop, uh, hop in there and uh, chat some Doctor Who with some other very cool Who fans. Also, don't forget to check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is The Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag. Yeah, go check out my YouTube channel. Got lots of Doctor Who vids on there and I'm working on some new ones. Might do a little vlog on meeting Tenant and stuff if I get a chance. <laughs> so, yeah. But, so yeah, go check out my channel. Also on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go and check out all of Adam's stuff over on the Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. All that stuff uh, is under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So go and do that. Um, and also, make sure you get a cup of tea, though, when you check out his YouTube channel, because there's so many cool vids over there. So grab a cuppa, get comfy, and check out Adam's stuff, The Geek's Handbag. That's it. righty, dude. Until next week then for episode 367, my name's Gary. Mine is Adam. And remember, bloody. Bloody.